Welcome to the Coworkers Podcast with Jesse and Shaney, where every believer is a coworker in God's mission. All right, folks, welcome back. Hey, friends. We are excited to dive into a, a new topic that's also a little bit old. We talk about it a lot, I think, on our podcast. In our part of the world, we really summarize what we are trying to do here as our kind of overarching goal is local ownership of the missionary task for every people in place. And that arises out of years, really, of discussion, years of work, years of looking at and deriving a biblical conviction around that very idea of local ownership of the missionary task. What that means is the people that we are trying to reach with the gospel, the places that we're trying to see churches grow and multiply over time is that the believers from those places, then they take full responsibility for the Great Commission, just like we have. Um, in different places that are more reached over the course of time that we have said, this belongs to us. This commission that Christ gave to the church belongs to us. That is a core conviction, maybe the driving conviction in terms of what we do, the overall shape of our work. And so we want to take some time to dig into that together. Yeah, we have a special guest with us today that I want to go ahead and introduce. Hey, Ben, thanks for being with us. Hey, yeah, my pleasure. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be with you guys. So Ben and his wife, Tabitha, and their four kids have been serving in East Asia for 17 years. So lots of experience under their belt and doing similar work to what we've been doing in South Asia, Mm -hmm. uh, training up locals and have gone through a lot of seasons of life on the field, big adjustments and transitions along the way. So we're super thankful for your years of service and Mm -hmm. all the ways God has used you and your family. So thanks for being on with us today, Ben. One of the reasons we invited you on here, Ben, was to talk about specifically your job and kind of what you've given yourself to at this stage in your ministry is exactly what we're talking about with local ownership, working with uh, the local church in your area and basically equipping, empowering, encouraging them to do this very task of sending out missionaries to the unreached. And so it's almost like, you know, the, the process that we went through being sent out from our home country in the U.S., you're really helping the local church and networks of churches do that very same thing and mobilizing their own people to go to take the gospel to unreached places. So dig into that a little bit for us and just tell us about what your local, what your current ministry is like. That is the the very thing we're looking to do, right, is, is see um, God's glory amongst the nations. And so and I think when, I, when, we, when we think about what our task is, well, one, we have the actual task, go make disciples of all nations, but we also think of, well, why? Well, we, we see God's desire, you know, the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as waters cover the seas, Habakkuk 2.14. That, that that's ultimately God's desire. And I don't, we don't see anywhere in the, in the scriptures where it says it'll be my, my church or my organization that, that does that, right? And it's a task given to, to all of us. And we also see God's heart for unity in the scriptures. And so, I think coming into it with with a mindset of, hey, there's other brothers and sisters in the body of Christ where I am in my locale. How can we come alongside them and work together for 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 common goals and shared goals? So, you know, what we're doing now here, we we're based in 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 Taiwan and using really this as a base. How can we um, bring the global Chinese church together to work together uh, to fulfill the Great Commission? Um, you're talking different places, different contexts, and even within the Chinese church, you're talking different cultures and niches of that, um, but how can we find 
um, that common ground of, hey, we want to reach the nations. And what if the global Chinese church was united in, in taking the gospel to the nations, what what could that look like? Not not easy, uh, but that's that's kind of what we're aiming to do and trying to see us as a way to link and bring together, be a uniter, um, be, be networkers to bring that together so that they can find that unity to for those common goals. That's awesome. So walk me through what does that look like in practicality? Like how do you spend your time pursuing those very things? Those very, like you said, core kind of biblical convictions, I think we would all agree missiologically yeah. as well, that that is what we all should be working for. What does that look like for you day to day? On one hand, we have the organization we're a part of and uh, leadership of that and seeing to it that we as an organization are working together for those common goals. Mm-hmm. Then we have uh, our local partners um, mm-hmm. who then we look to come alongside and say, how can we work together for those common goals? Being based here, we kind of talk about a three-legged stool. Uh, one leg is our local work. So how are we advancing the gospel, planting churches right here where we are or wherever our partners may be? I mean, this is our bread and butter work, sharing the gospel, making disciples, starting churches. Yeah. So that's one leg of here. Uh, another leg would be um, really reaching the Chinese uh, globally. How are we reaching Chinese? If, if the Chinese church is going to come together, they need to be reaching their own, right? And so how are we winning Chinese uh, really globally, and then three, uh, how are we helping them uh, go to the nations? What does it look like to fulfill the Great Commission to take it across cultures mm. um, to see uh, Chinese going uh, to the ends of the earth? And so, some of our time would be spent doing that work here locally. Uh, some of it would then be um, coming alongside. Probably the main thing we've done um, with our local partners is establish their own sending entity where wow. they can select, train, support, and send their own workers uh, to the nations. And so that's something that we've come alongside and said, hey, we've made a lot of mistakes over the years. Let us share with you some of those things we've learned along the way. But at the same time saying, but this is this is yours. Jesse, it's not so much passing the baton. Um, sometimes we maybe use that language. I think that's, 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 I think that's okay. But it's right. not so much us passing the baton. It's not saying, hey, we're done. You guys do it now. It's no, it's it's saying, hey, let's go do it together. Yeah. And we we try to use language more like that um, that says we're we're in this together. Uh, we're not stopping. Um, we're in it with you. But hey, what if we move forward together in this? Yeah. That's great. That's such a key insight. Um, you know, there's been a lot of language I think in the missions world for a while about, in some ways, the local church sending is like the pinnacle. Like I said, it's almost like the the capstone of our work, right? Almost we think of it as the finishing touch. And so there's on a micro level, we've always talked about mall, you know, model, assist, watch and leave and be Mm -hmm. kind of a micro level. And then on a, on a macro level, we have talked about internally is the core missionary task, right? Entry evangelism, discipleship, Mm -hmm. church formation, leadership development. And then we always had that wrangling over what's that last word. Is it exit? Is it exit? Right. You know, back and forth on that. And so just thinking through, and I think you bring up such a key point, I always kind of campaign for exit or entrusting because there is a sense in which we need to take a step back, right? But I think we can overdo the leaving part of the whole mall Mm -hmm. discussion where there is more of a partnership. So speak a little bit more to that. Like, what does that actually look like to come come alongside them? Like you said, it's not passing the baton. It's really kind of grabbing them and saying, hey, let's do this together. What are your... Again, biblical personal convictions on partnership, and what does that look practically? We we try to come back to, of course, we the what are those 
basic convictions that we see in the scriptures. We, we know, yeah, Paul, when he wrote to the to the church at Philippi, he was thankful for their partnership in the gospel. Mm-hmm. And so then think yeah. about, well, what is partnership? And I think over years in the ministry, that's looked. There's different stages of that. I mean, there's there is to be sure a, a, a place where you have a frontier, unreached area. We as the outside worker go in, start from zero. That's naturally going to be a place where that partnership is. Those locals see you as the outsider, as more experienced, as, for lack of a better word, expert. Then there's also going to be a place where I think we're at now, where we're more peers. At least we yeah. want to be. And so how can we say we're we're not the big brother, we're not the experts, but we're coming alongside and we're doing this together. Um, I think those are certainly things those we're still working out. I mean, you talk, there's so many complexities of that, whether they're cultural, whether they're financial, whether they're methodological, whether they're missiological, you know, do do we get a say in this? Do they get a say in this? And so I think sometimes there's a there's a place where with our partners where we're wanting them take ownership of it. This is yours. You guys make the call. You guys run with this. And I think there's there's a place where they want that. And then there's also a place where they're saying, you guys have experience. Please, you take the lead on this. And sometimes we take the lead when we shouldn't. And sometimes we back off when we should be stepping out. And so I think it's finding that balance that is is always a question we're asking ourselves. And then, okay, even in this season, should we be more engaged? Should we back off a little bit? What has helped is is trying to approach it in a way that's not well, this is us and we're giving it to them, but just saying, we're just doing it together. We're yeah. just doing it together and we're all going to have different roles mm-hmm. and trying as much as possible to just see see them as brothers. Not you're a different culture or we're doing, or you're new at this, but just say we're, we're brothers and sisters. We're just doing it together. That's so good. Yeah. And you referenced Philippians 1 earlier, and that's exactly where we're, we have been talking about it in our own team as well. I think just that perspective that Paul brings talking to the Philippians church. Right, that they would be striving side by side for the sake of the side gospel, side. thankful for yeah. their their partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, and that biblical picture of partnership. This spoken by the guy, or basically writing the letter to a church that he himself had planted, right? right? That he was in a sense like the spiritual father of the church, and yet to come back a few years later and write this letter to them and say, "Hey, we're side by side Absolutely. for the sake of the gospel." And I think just to carry that posture in, that's so so key to making those partnerships work. But you also mentioned, you know, there's there's a lot of complexity there, a lot of stickiness, you know, issues, points that will okay. come out. Where do where do they lead? Where do we kind of create space for them to have their That's own right. conviction? How do you navigate maybe specifically? Are there going to be doctrinal differences? We're sent out by an organization, <clears throat> excuse me, that holds to a yep. doctrinal confession. And so as we're coming alongside of these these local church partners, local church networks, even sending organizations, how do we navigate those waters of, you know, doctrinally, confessionally, even missiologically, even sometimes questions about church, ecclesiological questions? What are, how do you navigate those? Yeah, that's absolutely something we're navigating probably on a daily basis. I think some of my earlier years on the field, I came um, with a lot of passion, with a lot of conviction of, Mm. I know what I want church to look like. I know what I want the kingdom to look like or what, you know, and, and I was determined to only work with people who, who saw it just like I did. I think it, to be sure there's a place when we enter into partnership, we have to know our convictions. But I, I realized then if I saw it quite so narrowly that I wouldn't have a lot of people to partner with, uh, to be honest. And um, if we were going to fulfill the great commission, if that's what we're called to do as the global church, then I needed to have a little bit of a bigger tent, if you will. 
And I mean, even people in our own organization, I mean, it's rare that you're going to have somebody who agrees with you on everything, sure. uh, right? That's just not realistic. But then that doesn't mean we, we throw our convictions out the window. So I think, you know, I had to do some wrestling with my teams. We have to do some wrestling of, okay, what are those things we're going to hold tightly? And what are those things that are non-negotiables? These are our convictions. And then what are those things that maybe we hold more with an open hand? And it's not that they're not important, but it's, hey, we're, we're open to dialoguing on this. Maybe we're open to learning. On sometimes I think that I have a tendency and, and, and sometimes we, we, I think we as the, the, the M community, we see things through our perspective and we just assume and we maybe put labels. And I have found that sometimes just asking questions, listening, you need a relationship to do that, but then, oh, oh, that's that's your perspective on that. And it can be so helpful, so enlightening um, to see, okay, that's where you're coming from. And that, that's how you see that passage, or that's how you see scripture in that lens. And so learning from them in that, there's just got to be some flexibility and to say, what what is it we're called to do? Well, it's fulfill the Great Commission. It's to see God's glory cover the earth. It's to see the nations uh, come and bow down before Jesus Christ. And so if that's what we're wanting to do, these things over here that might be, it's not that they're not important, but maybe they, they're secondary in, in the yeah. grand scheme of things. Yeah. I liked what you said earlier, Ben, about in some seasons or in some stages of the work, people might perceive you as the expert because you're the outsider and maybe the work hasn't progressed as much. And then in other seasons, you feel more like peers and mm -hmm. you are more naturally partnering together and learning from each other. I think we've experienced some of those different seasons as well. Mm -hmm. And there are some realities to just different stages of work in different contexts. I think I've become more convinced over the years that no matter the stage of the work, the goal is always local ownership. The goal is yeah. always equipping them, platforming them, highlighting them. And in our hearts, we're not the experts, right? <laughs> we don't want to be mm. put up on a pedestal so like that. We want to empower locals. And man, it's so good when you have those peer relationships that you are learning from each other. We're experience that, experiencing that right now in this season. We have certain things we bring. We bring a really strong, the authority of the Bible. <laughs> That's like what we bring. Some of our local partners have grown us in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit, experiencing more of the Holy Spirit, and what community looks like. I'm just affirming a lot of the things that you've said. In our first term, one of our mentors taught us something that I have been saying ever since, that we say a lot here, that you are not your strategy. You are not the strategy. Western missionary in your location, you are not the strategy. So I hope that our listeners who are preparing to go on the field will remember that, that so whatever good. we're doing, wherever we go, Americans, Westerners are not the solution. We have an important part to play, but we're not the main thing. I think it's so, so true. And I saw a colleague, he was recently sharing about some of his earlier years on the field. Uh, amongst his people group and uh, another somebody from another org came in and was doing some things that this colleague felt like was not in the best interest of the work and he shared those things and this person kind of got in his face and said who made you the keeper of this people so my colleague said it was quite convicting for him 
that he said, yes, they were doing some things that I maybe would have done differently. It was true. Like, I don't own these people. This isn't my, it's not even my ministry. It's, it's God's. And so I, I thought that was so true of, and I think you're just highlighting something. So like, I, we can see it as my strategy, my people. And it may be that we're, we're the ones that, that have invested years in language and relationships and an outsider comes or as you're saying, I think to even uh, greater is that our local partners, then it's, it's really their strategy. And maybe, maybe I can be a help. Maybe I can, we're doing it together for sure. We're still integral to it, but uh, this is, this is theirs and they may do it differently. Plenty of occasions where our partners have done some things. It's like, I don't know that I would have done it like that, but it's like, but Hey, you, you know, this maybe even better than I do. I'm trusting you in this. So um, I think that is so true to not see it as we're the expert. It's our strategy, our ministry, our people group, our city. Whatever. You know, such a negotiation over the years to figure out at a certain point, you know, yeah. when to speak yeah. in, when to kind of correct, because there there are times for that. There are times when there's time even for correction and then times to give space to know that, hey, you could do this. You could honor the scriptures, I think, honor the Lord in multiple ways. And they could do it in a certain way that maybe we wouldn't have Absolutely. chosen, but that could be the way that that they go in. And so there is always, I think, that negotiation of letting them run ahead. When do I speak in and correct? Here's where, to go back to your previous point, I think sometimes we think about partnership or we think about our presence, and there may be a tendency for us to not lead very strongly with our biblical convictions or to mm-hmm. say, you know, Sorry. these are the things that I do really hold strongly to, or this is who I am. This is the even the the faith tradition that I come from. I think just to affirm what you were saying earlier, I found it much more fruitful and beneficial to be just very clear up front about these are my biblical convictions. This is who we are. This is what we believe about the scriptures, but also to be able to communicate the other thing that you said as well, that, hey, there are like first order, second order and third order biblical convictions that I carry. These are the things that are of utmost importance. These are the things that I feel like are Yes, important, but they're not going to be like breaking fellowship over. And then these are maybe third order where there's a lot of negotiating room. I think not only being clear in our convictions, but being clear on the ordering of those convictions as well. The clearer you are at the beginning, it just gives you space to have those conversations then. I think and if if we can walk in the light on what we do bring to the table and what our convictions are, that opens up the door for our partners to walk in the light as well Mm -hmm. and to know, hey, we can have this discussion and not like be angry with each other. I think that's just such a huge way to build that from the beginning. And then to what Shaney was saying, too, we've been really surprised over the years at how, man, this sounds very paternalistic, but maybe how quickly we became learners from even new believers. I remember when we were working among some some folks from a Muslim background, and they had just become believers. And within the first month, I felt like we were learning about fellowship in the spirit. We were learning about sacrifice from them, they were showing us like what Christian living was like from the very beginning. What are some things you feel like you have learned that have shaped your own understanding of Christian life from working with the Chinese church? What are ways that they have communicated that to you? Yeah, when I would just first affirm what you just said, I think when we talk about some of those key ingredients to partnership, I think humility, but also coming in with clarity of knowing what I'm called to and what my convictions are. I think both of those. Uh, So I think you're right, Jesse, of the humility to say, I'm not the expert. I want to learn from you. I want to be a partner. I want to do this side by side, like Paul said with you. 
But at the same time, if you don't ever clarify who you are, what you believe, what you, like you said, what you can bring to the partnership, then they don't, they don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so you, you kind of just end up with relationship, but never partner. So I think number one, I would say with the, with our Chinese partners of learning community, it's just not something I, my background is, is very probably strong in just to be honest. We generally tend to more of an individualistic culture and individualistic faith. But like, for example, some of my partners, if they're pastors, they do, they do quiet times every morning with their church <laughs> every morning and they'll get online at a certain time early. Usually they'll just have, you know, time in the word together, praying together. So that's not something I ever had done. It's, it's always like my personal quiet time. And don't get me wrong. There's time and they, right, Jesus went off. Uh, to be with his father. There, there are times where, where that is is absolutely part of the, the Christian life. But, uh, but the bulk of what we see in the scripture is doing it together. You know, that was something that was just so enlightening for me. It's like, yeah, we could we can get in the word together, especially for newer believers. Like, don't just say, hey, here's your quiet time. Here's how you do it, but actually do it. With, I think meeting needs in community is something I have learned. It, maybe if it's a, a brother or sister who's got a health need, uh, a kid's schooling need, uh, uh, some need in the in the community, just coming together to meet that is something that I have I've really learned. And I would just affirm kind of what you just said. I, I think I've learned sacrifice, what it means to count the cost, fighting against my own entitlement uh, of what I think I deserve as a follower of Jesus, as a sent out one. Um, I think seeing some of those things in my partners of what they're willing to endure what they're willing to sacrifice, uh, what the, the links they're willing to go to to advance the kingdom. Um, I think those are all things that I have learned and been blessed with um, from working uh, and doing ministry with them. Ben, you said to go from just a relationship to a partnership requires some clear communication. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. a key point because sometimes we have national friends and we want them to become ministry partners. And we're kind of in that in-between season. And need a little DTR. We need a little DTR. Yes. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and I think some people aren't quite sure how much to divulge, how early. And yep. we have only grown probably more quickly, proactive and clear over mm-hmm. the years. Once you become clear, I am here. I'm looking for partners. That's my desire. When I go to a local church, I want them to know we love training people on how to share the gospel. I want to put myself out there. And so I would love to hear in your context, when you have a chance to be with local believers and you have like one minute to introduce yourself, what would you say? In the beginning stages, like a new yeah. relationship. Yeah. yeah. New relationship. What are you doing in Taiwan, brother? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shani, that's such a good question. Well, let me first be clear. I have made mistakes over the years of, yeah, we talk about DTR, taking the relationship too quickly. <laughs> I think by default, I'm task oriented. Um, I want to I want to get things done. I want to get to the work, if you will. And I have made mistakes of trying to get to that. I'm trying to get to partnership before I have a relationship. And I just have not seen in my context that really works well. Uh, we need relationship. And that relationship is built in different ways. It might be built over coffee. It might be built over meals. It might be built praying together. I had a, a colleague of mine when he was in his country of service, and he met a local brother. And he was kind of casting his vision for the city and for that area. And this local pastor said, well, if you care about this city, 
then let's meet every morning at five o'clock and let's pray together here by the river. <laughs> there it is. And he did. He did that for three years. Hot, cold, raining. But it's building relationships. I had in, in, a, in a city we served in, um, Justin Shaney, it was probably two years of me initiating things before they really reached out and initiated things with me. Now, we would do stuff in those first two years, but it was always me initiating. Me, hey, let's get coffee. Let's get lunch. Hey, let's get together and pray. It was always me initiating. And then it was two years of building that trust, that relationship before they then started initiating things with me. So I think that's another ingredient for partnership is patience. It's patience. Now, what you're asking though, but we have patience, we need, we need relationship, but we also, if we're going to get there, we need to clarify what it is. We're, what am I doing here? My current context, Taiwan, there's every organization under the sun um, is here. The, the local church is at a place, it's not a, this isn't a frontier unreached area. There are local churches, local ministries, and every kind of ministry you can imagine is here. For lack of a word, I need to be able to be able to speak through that noise to, to clarify what are what are we doing here? Why am I here? Yeah. Um, what is God calling us here to do? And I have found I just need to pretty quickly cast a vision of what we're wanting to see. You know, if I come in and talk about a ministry that they're already doing or a ministry that a bunch of other people in the area are doing, it's not that I couldn't do it well or it's not that it's not important. I think it's just gonna be hard for them to really see, well, why, why do I why would I want to work with you in that? Um, so what we're trying to do is we, I cast, you know, he's talking about if I have a minute, I'm going to cast a vision of say, hey, Pastor so-and-so, what if he, everybody in the church here in Taiwan, what if the global Chinese church, what if we were working together and to reach the nations? What if Taiwan could be a blessing to the nations? What if Taiwan was was used by God to to impact the kingdom? We've just found that that resonates with, with folks because they may that's something they may not be doing. And then we can talk about, okay, what are what are the pieces of that? And that's where we talk about the core a missionary task from from entry, evangelism and discipleship, church formation. Because otherwise we just end up in this circle of um, we know each other, we have relationship, and that's that's a circle we need to be in for some time. <laughs> but it's like, where are we going? And and I think they're wondering, well, what are you doing here? For lack of a better word, we have to clarify our narrative. Even our brand, that's not the word, but that's right. We have to clarify kind of who we are and what we're doing so that when partners connect with me or or our colleagues, they say, yep, we know you guys. We know what you do. We know what you're about. We want to be a part of that. Or, hey, we're already doing that. Thanks for those. That's good. That's so good. I think that that clarity and even that building, building our identity and our culture, right? And we build it by step by step. By other relationships that we make, other partnerships that we made over time, and I think just demonstrating by how we live our lives, where we are. Like you said, pursuing yeah. local ministry. You know, we we demonstrate that by the local ministry that we do, and then we demonstrate that over time by the relational investment that we've made, the partnerships. You know, they begin to communicate that among themselves, even about who we are, and so that gets That's pushed right. out in the community as well. It absolutely is a a, a part of of me. Hey, brother, so and so. Hey, sister, so and so. What what are you passionate about? What do you what is God calling you to? What is God calling your church to? And then they share. We say, hey, wow, me too. Hey, that's what we want to do. And, and for example, the convention here that we work with, they they have kind of three primary goals. Um, one of them is to plant new churches. One is to reach the next generation, and one is to send out their their workers. And so when we connected our first time, and I was saying, let's do that together. So it was a way to say. It's not your goals, not my goals. These are these are things God's calling us to, and He's brought us together to to do that. To be sure, then when it came though to individual churches and individual leaders, and right, we still had to build that trust. 
because they may say, well, that's your vision, not my, it's not my vision, or that's his vision, it's not our vision. You know, and so building that trust still took time to be sure, but at least saying, hey, the, man, that's what you want to do. That's what we want to do too. Help our listeners just get a picture of what your life looks like with your wife and your four kids. We're here, we're talking about all these big missions principles, but what's that look like <laughs> on a Tuesday morning or a Tuesday afternoon or evening for you guys? We're blessed now in our context. We've we spent many years in some some high security context where it was challenging to do things as a family because we would attract so much attention. Also, two stage in life, the kids are younger. Uh, we're at a place now um, where kids are older and we're in a little more open context where we can do things openly together with our partners. Um, so, for example, we're a part of a local church here, and at some point. They're saying, you want to partner with us? Are you involved in our churches? <laughs> like, right, are you a part of our church or are you kind of just off with other other foreigners? And so we get to be a part of a local fellowship here. And and in my role, I, I'm I'm working with lots of different churches and it may be where I, I represent our organization and whatnot at different things. But as a family, we we have plugged into a local fellowship. And so that might mean we host a home group in our home. Uh, with local believers to do evangelism, discipleship. We're, we'll go out together with our local partners. Maybe we do an evangelism training and then we go out together. Let's go to the park and look for persons of peace and and our, we can take our kids. And so it's something we can do together. Not every family does this, but we homeschool. By, by we, I mean my wife. Uh, she homeschools and does all the, the, the work. My wife is at home with our kids. They actually do a bit of a combo, homeschool plus some local school. And then maybe in the evenings or on weekends, we can we can do it. So during the week, it'll be me a lot of times just out. Um, and sometimes I'm wearing a hat of uh, just going out, sharing the gospel myself. Sometimes it's me wearing a hat of training uh, our, our local uh, partners. Sometimes it's me. It, in my role, it is a lot of just networking, meeting with leadership of networks or conventions. Um, building that relationship, building that trust, talking some of the nuts and bolts of how we're doing strategy and ministry. And that'll be more me uh, while the kids are, are doing school. And then, yeah, more on the weekends, we can do stuff uh, together as a family, um, getting out, like I said, doing evangelism or or just being a part with, with a local church and doing discipleship and worship there. Thanks. Yeah, it's just fun to be able to picture the whole family. And we just value Tabitha's contribution and even your kids growing up overseas, becoming teenagers. Those are all huge parts of your life. I know that we hadn't talked about yet. And so praise the Lord that they have, that they're homeschooling, local schooling, part of local church. Those are just such important things that our kids have in their lives and they don't always love it. I know I'm sure your kids are not always begging <laughs> to go to a training or out sharing, but just having those habits in your life. Part of that is getting just like, I have to get out of my comfort zone. That's something we're, we're showing our kids, you know, Hey, let's go do this. Or maybe they get up in front of a group and practice right, an EV train, something they're learning, or when they, we go out together and they take the initiative to talk to somebody and share, it's a chance to invite them to get out of their comfort zone as well, right? We want them from a, lo- a young age learning, you know, life, ministry, even church. It's not about, it's not about my preferences or what I want to do sometimes. It's about serving others. It's about seeing what's God calling me to do and stretching ourselves in that. Um, and that's, that's something we we're doing together. Hey, dad's doing this. Daddy's doing this. Daddy, this isn't necessarily something that's natural for daddy, but we're, we're going to do it. And and I think we've been blessed to see our kids have great attitudes about that, of, you know, of trying new things. I think we have to 
call this episode together because that yeah. feels like the theme together with yeah. our local partners that's partnering, right. doing it side by side together as a family, family. you mentioned that's earlier right. your local partners wanting to do their morning quiet times together we've observed the same thing mm-hmm. and i don't want to mm-hmm. talk to anybody in the morning yeah <laughs> i want my quiet time just mm-hmm. me and my bible and my cup of tea and I feel like that's what Western culture has trained me to want sure. and need. I've kind of given up on that. I'm like, it's fine. That's just what I need in the morning. But I think maybe our kids are growing up a bit differently where they don't have such high needs right. for privacy and alone time mm-hmm. as we have mm-hmm. since they didn't grow up in America. But that's a side note. My point is togetherness. That's a good point. That is yeah. That's Acts 2. That's yeah. the church. That's what we do. Yep. We live life right. together. It's good. Yeah. Speaking of togetherness, I appreciate your use of the royal we there when talking oh. about homeschooling. We um, homeschool. Yeah. We, I mean, life. That applies to so many things. <laughs> like we we do the expense report and we do the cooking around the house. You know, that royal we is very she's, Oh, you're right, Jesse. My wife, I think she's an all-star. I mean, she four kids obviously four different ages for homeschool, different grades, um, involved in local ministry. Just she does so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to wrap up here. Maybe if you could give us one of your favorite stories of how you've seen the Lord work, particularly in this way of t- we're talking about together in this partnership, but the Chinese church sending. Yeah, I can think of two, uh, two that are just wildly different, mm-hmm. but I think both are about partnership. I think so one was Several years ago in my uh, previous country of service, I had a little bit of language under my belt. I'd kind of memorized the gospel story so I could share the story. I could carry on conversations. And I met this local brother. He said, I want to take you to my home church, my home area. So I lived in the city, but this was out in the countryside. And I'm thinking we're going to meet his pastor and I'm, I'm desperate for some kind of partner. I can't do it myself. I'm limited with language, limited with culture. I wanted somebody to work with. And so I'm thinking we're going to go and I'm going to cast this vision for partnership. And so we get out there. It's not even a Sunday. It's like a Tuesday, but there's all these people in the village. I said, wow, there's a lot of people here. He said, yeah, well, we have a special service today. I said, oh, well, that's cool, I guess. He said, yeah, there's a special speaker today. I said, oh, well, who is that? And he said, it's you. And I said, oh, what? (laughs) (laughs) And he said, yes, you're the speaker. You're going to preach today. I said, oh, you didn't say that, you know, uh, and and I said, well, what exactly are the expectations? He said, oh, it's fine. Just an hour and a half or two in the morning, an hour and a half or two in the afternoon. I said, oh, my, I haven't prepared. Uh, I don't have the language for that. And so it was a reminder to me to be when I'm going with this is flexibility, <laughs> like always be ready, uh, be ready for anything, be ready for, for something to not work out the way you thought it would be to have different perspectives on things. So I, I did the best I could. Right. I, <laughs> I, um, you know, and because that was what they, they had brought me there. And if we were going to build trust, they were saying, this is what we expect you to do. <laughs> and so yeah. that's one, I think. So just learning that flexibility. The second one, um, several years later, we launched this this agency, this this sending entity. And Jesse and Shane, it was, there's just been so many. I mean, there's been days when I just thought this one ne- will never get there, right? There's just been there's just so many times where you're just talking so many different parties and different opinions and different ideas and so many different obstacles. And we did it all during a pandemic. I mean, there was just so many times when I just thought this we're just never going to get there. I, I still have days where I feel, but that first group that we selected, that they selected, we selected together and, and, um, 
trained them. And then they, we had a commissioning for them during one of their annual meetings. And that day we were singing and they were just blowing the, the, the roof off. It was so loud of just the singing, the hands up, and then the hands just praying over this group of people. And I just thought, man, we're, we made it. <laughs> and, and that was only the beginning of challenges that were to come. I mean, right. It was just, there was so many more, but it was just like, wow, to be here thinking where we were and where we've been and then to see the people around me and their excitement to send out their own. God is in this. There's, there's no way it could be done unless God was in this. And it was just a reminder to me that nothing will stop the advance of God's kingdom. And we will face many challenges and we'll navigate things and we're not going to know what we're doing most of the time. But 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 God, God is in this and we look to him and, and we trust him. Awesome. That is what awesome. a beautiful picture, yeah. man, that gets me excited. And that is the goal where every single context in the world, Europe, South Asia, East Asia, everywhere. The goal is sending out missionaries to complete the Great Commission. So, amen. They'll come from amen. all over. We've said it for years now. Uh, and we can. I'm happy to compete on this with you guys and your great nation to the east of us. But we've said for years <laughs> yeah. now, we're praying that that our nation would become the greatest missionary sending nation amen. in the history of the world. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Amen. Just give us another decade, bro. We're going to take you over. <laughs> no, that would be good. We would love that. Well, bro, yeah. we appreciate it. this so much, man. Just what a blessing to hear what the Lord is doing in and through you all and the vision for him to see exactly what you were talking about. I think just that that picture that you ended with right there of churches from all over, peoples, you know, believers from all over laying their hands and sending out their own to take the gospel to the nations. That's what it's going to take. And man, we praise God for your part in it. Well, I praise God for, for the both of you and just the work you're doing. And then even this, the ministry of this, this podcast, I think is really helpful to a lot of people myself. Thanks, bro. 